Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. Please take a moment and email us at mystory@cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy the message today. That that roll-in that Chris made for this Christmas series uh, really captured my heart, and, and, you know, you could easily miss that. Uh, But the reason why, when Chris showed me that, I thought that that's what I want for every message this, this month in December is because if more men could have that excitement for the things that God wants to do, the gifts that God wants in your life. Now, little girls, every lady in the room understands what it feels like to be a little girl. But when a guy gets to be a little girl, <laughs> boy, you've got to get pretty excited about something for a guy to turn into a little girl. But I can tell you right now, there's been some gifts in your life that you have got little girlish over. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are have a winning season, and there's some little girls cheering all over the place. And I would just tell you, as awesome as the uh, Cowboys winning, it, it dwarfs in comparison to the gifts that God has for your life. And the gift is what we celebrate this Christmas season, the gift of salvation. Uh, it, there's nothing like uh, uh, teasing your sound man about the about the microphone not working when it's not even in your ear. How about that? So, uh, yeah, we got that straight. I want you to take your Bibles and go on to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1 is one of the most wonderful portions of Scripture to go into detailed study, a word study, if you will, to break down each word and to take into heart, to see the the translation uh, of each word in John chapter 1 is a great study for your life. It has been for my life. It is also one of the most confusing portions of Scripture if you're just out there to read the Bible and you're just reading through things so that you can just read for the sake of reading. Uh, John chapter 1 can be very confusing. It's word after word, repeat after repeat, play on words, if you will. And that's not how I encourage you to read John chapter 1. There's something the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. There's something the Holy Spirit wants to uh, convey in the depth that Christmas isn't a one-time thing. That Christmas has been a part of Earth's existence since the beginning. And and let me give you an idea. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. In the beginning was the Word. Did you see that? But did you notice it's a capital W? If this isn't your typical word, this isn't something you just find in a magazine or find in a book, this is a bigger word than the word word. And if you thought that's confusing, wait till we keep reading. And you can't just read over this. You have to see that we're talking about something bigger here. And it says, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was, he was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness 
did not comprehend it. Then verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a, a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. This is John the Baptist. Prepare ye the way for the Lord. He was not that light. Many people thought this might be the Messiah, but it wasn't. John the Baptist was preparing the way for the light. Just but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world. Now stop and think about that. We just now went from the word to he. The capital H here. He was in the world. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Think about the depths of this. The world was created by him. And the world didn't know him. There was a gap. There was something that over generations of people, something wasn't being passed down. The one that created them was not able to recognize him. But then verse 11, he came to his own. Now what does his own mean? Own would be he came to the people who would know him. He came to the ones who were told that he was coming. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of a man, but of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And during this time right now, I pray that you, sir, would reveal yourself to each individual in this room. May we have an unveiling, a, a freshness come to us about this amazing time of year of faith and purpose and plan. From the beginning, you, Jesus, the Word, have always been with us. You've always been here. You were part of creation. You were a part of the forming of our very existence. Christmas is bigger than even a season. It's been here from the beginning. Thank you for your plan. Now, Lord, open our hearts to receive. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think one of the key things for Christmas is you can't miss the real gift. Okay? That, that, that's huge. You can't miss the real gift. However, there has been some bad Christmas gifts given. Has anybody ever received a bad Christmas gift? Don't, don't raise your hand. You're probably sitting by the person who gave it to you. There's been some great Christmas gifts given. But I did a, a fun study and looked up the worst Christmas gifts ever given. Y'all ready for some of these? Let me just say, uh, you could do the same thing. Marcy E. from um, Richland Hills, Texas, said that one time someone gave a donation to a charity in her name. And it was a charity that she didn't like nor supported. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, just to paint this picture. Uh, you are a PETA person. Yeah, but you were just given, told that you just donated to the National Rifleman's Association. And I mean, what a great gift. Well, that's just for starters. Uh, Carol E. from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, got a gift one time that the moment she opened it, she realized that it was last year's gift she had given somebody else. And they didn't realize that it was her who had given it, and they were 
Yeah, what about that? That's a good one. We had a poll in the last service. Who would say something? And uh, just for curiosity's sake, let's just see. Is there anybody in the room that you would, you would say something about, well, didn't I give you this gift last year? Raise your hand. And who would say nothing? Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that group right there. Yeah, yeah. It'd be funny. No, it wouldn't. It'd be horrible. Uh, here's another one. Rosemary LaGrange of Kentucky. She said this. One time someone gave her a subscription to Nutrisystem. Yeah, bet that went over like a brick balloon. That was great. Uh, hey, listen, yeah, that's just idiots in the world. That's just out of both. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Let's go. Maureen. Maureen said one time, get this one. This is one of my favorite ones. She was given a book of etiquette by her mother-in-law. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, here's a fun one. Here's a fun one. Last one. Y'all got time for one more? Bad gifts. Perry. Perry wrote in and said, one time my ex-boyfriend, now I love how that starts, my ex-boyfriend. So, you got to listen to that first part. My ex-boyfriend, probably because of the gift, my ex-boyfriend used to call me Larry as a joke instead of Perry. Okay, so this was their little love language. Okay. For the holidays one year, he gave me a Tiffany's Robin's Egg Blue Box. Exciting. Inside, I found a beautiful initial necklace, but it was the letter L for Larry. I tried wearing it, but it was too hard to explain why the pricey jewelry had the, word, the wrong letter. To this day, I'm still trying to find a best friend whose name starts with L so I can pass it on to them. <laughs> yeah. As bad as these gifts are, uh, I think one of the things that we have to pay attention to is the gifts that we've been given that we may not have the utmost value for and then turn around and, and that's probably why it doesn't mean as much to us. I want to go back to verse 10 and explain a few things about what we read uh, in John chapter 1. It says, and he, this is Jesus, was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Uh, this is key because in the creation that God did and made all that we can, can appreciate. I mean, come on, you, you've got to stop at some point and not take creation for granted. Even the world was not able to recognize him or did they did not know him. There was a separation between the creation and the story and the people. But then it gets worse. In verse 11, it really points something out. He came to his own. He came to the people who knew he was coming. The ones who were pre-told, be ready, be ready, be ready. And his own did not receive him. I'm going to go ahead and go to verse 12 and, and look at this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Uh, I, I think it's very important to take a look at why in the world, why did his own not receive him? It's the same reason why I think that a lot of us don't like some of the presents that we receive. We don't like some of the gifts that are given. It's just not what we wanted. Um, many times the buildup for Christmas comes in the packages, and sometimes it's the packages that let us down the most. It's not in the shape of the thing that we want. It's not 
not the size of the thing that we thought we were going to get. And, and we prejudge the gift based on the package. I know you've heard Christmas stories like that before. I know, I know that's probably something that's popped up on Facebook. But I want to stop and just start there and then turn and say, did they not experience the same thing when it came to Jesus? The greatest gift ever given, but they didn't like the package. How would you answer the question? The worst things ever given for Christmas. What if I turned to you and asked you a question and, and asked, what do you want for Christmas? In fact, let's go deeper. If God, now we're talking blank check here, okay? God, what if God turned to you and set you down and said, what do you want for Christmas? What would you ask for? I'm not going to say that your answer is wrong. Let me just give you an idea. The worst possible thing that you could ask for for Christmas is, I want more. Now, if you went to the ladies' luncheon this weekend and you heard Heather preach, uh, I just got through preaching this message last week, or uh, last service, and I preached it, and it was great. And Heather walked up to me, and she said, you just said something completely opposite of what I preached this weekend. Because Heather turned and said, uh, you know what you should ask for Christmas? More. And I turned and said, you know the worst thing you can ask for for Christmas? Is for more. But after we began to listen to each other, it was a typical husband and wife situation. We were saying the exact same thing in completely different ways. The exact same thing. And Heather turns and says, you should ask for more of what God wants for you. And I'm going to turn to you and say, you're going to ask for more, and it's not what God wants to give you. Because the more that you want is the thing that God doesn't have planned to give you, but the more he has in store for you is something you may not want, and you're judging the gift by the package. It's the same thing. I know you guys do that too. See, one of the reasons that I think they missed it, they missed him, is because greed has this amazing way of disguising itself in your heart. And I want to just pay attention. If I was to ask everyone in this room, if you are a greedy person, I would hope that many people would say, no, I, I, I don't struggle with greed. And, and I would turn to you and say that greed is a very interesting word. Let me give you the definition. The desire for more whether you need it or not. The desire for more of whether you need it or not. I think greed comes in the form of the perspective. And for many of us, the, the way that we suffer from greed is we, we, we say stuff like this. I want more. I would be more if I had more. Here, I would be more if I had more. And the unfortunate thing is, is that God wants to give you everything you'll ever need, but we are so confused and blinded. We're very much like the people who never saw him coming. We never saw him there. And we missed it. All because I think sometimes we don't want what God wants to give. Greed never sees things as a gift from God. Greed sees things as a substitute for God. And we put things before 
what God wants to give us. Why is greed an issue? Well, let me show you something. If I was to turn to a grown man, just bring a grown man up on this stage, and I was to turn to, to, to God and say, okay, do what it is you want to do. And God would to come down and have a gift and turn to the grown, mature man and hand him the gift. Would the man not be thrilled, absolutely thrilled, to then tear open the present and open it up? And as the man opens the gift from God, he doesn't like what's inside. And he takes the gift and throws it on the floor and a big sissy fit happens up here on this stage and this grown man turns into a 10-year-old little boy and he gets mad and I think every one of us would look at that and go, oh, that's horrible. But here's the epitome, okay? And I want you to look at this. I wrote this down so we don't miss it. The epitome of spoiled is despising what God wanted to give you. And so many times the spoiledness is I always get what I want or I deserve what I want and you can miss what God wants to give you, which if you really think about it, is a greater gift than anything you could ever get from yourself or somebody else. And the world didn't like what Jesus had to offer. He came in a baby form. He came weak. He came small. And, and many times in our life, I think, the point that we have to look at is one reason why I think they did not receive him was because he would not give them more of what they wanted. Jesus was not going to give them more of what they were asking for. He was going to give them more of him. And for some people, that's a bummer. But do you realize that beyond anything you can imagine or any way that you can think, our Father in heaven knows what you need before you even know it. And I've seen some of the greatest gifts take place in people's life that at the time the gift was given, they didn't think this was a good thing. I've been in the room with a man where he had carried secrets in his life for years and years and years and years. And God, in, 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 in the way that it happened, this is my interpretation, God turns and says, young man, I'm going to give you a gift. And the young man turns and says, oh, that's awesome. That's why I accepted you as my Savior. All the secrets right now are going to completely get hidden and no one will ever know. And God says, no, we're doing the opposite. I want you to confess all of your sins right here in front of the people that love you the most. I want you to just get it off your chest and quit carrying so much secrets. And the man turned and said, that's the crappiest Christmas present I ever got in my life. Come on. To then ask him 20 years later, what was the greatest gift you ever got in your life? And he said, the moment that God finally gave me the gift, of being honest and letting it out. Or the family, the family that I sat in the living room as there was so much unforgiveness and God turned and said, I want to give you guys a gift. I want you to forgive each other. And everyone said, that's the worst thing ever. I want what I deserve and I want what I deserve. And everybody sat there and this didn't look promising at all. This didn't look like Christmas. This didn't look like joy. This didn't look like fun. And in the end, 20 years later, when the family had finally had resolution and restoration and reconciliation in this area, they turned around and said that was the greatest gift God ever gave us. And there are people in this room 
that when God showed up with your gift, it didn't come the way you thought it was going to come. It didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen. It didn't look good in your mind. But what if I turned to you and said, that's the same way they looked at Jesus when he came in the, in the world. His own didn't even want him. And the world didn't even recognize him. But don't in your fleshliness become spoiled to that it may not look like a gift right now, but it hasn't had time to grow up yet. Because when it does grow up, you will turn around and see that was one of the greatest gifts ever given in my life. Listen, every year I tell you stories about my mom and Christmas. One of the best, worst Christmases ever when we didn't have any money at all. And mom went and got what we needed. Shirts, underwear, and socks. And she made a game out of a tough time in our life. And she went and took our stuff and hid them all over the house. In the oven, under the bed, in the kitchen, all different places. And as we went to our stocking, we pulled out a secret. And the secret gave us a clue to where we were supposed to go to find our gifts. For a young boy, this stinks. But as the day went on, I realized that we were making lemonade out of lemons. We were making lemonade out of lemons. We had a good thing going off. It was the three of us. And I'm 43 years old now. I can buy my own socks. I can buy my own underwear. And I can buy my own shirts. But I look back on that day and I was taught the value of what was very valuable. We had each other. Come on. It's in your story. But don't you miss the gift of my story. Because you sit there and you think, it didn't sound fun. I didn't say it was fun. I said I was given a great gift. And not all great gifts have batteries and are fun. There's a lot of great gifts that you sit back on and have no words to describe what you got that day. Yeah. So what's a great answer? If God was to turn to you and say, what do you want for Christmas? Let me just kind of give you a little heads up. Uh, this is what I would want for Christmas. I think these are two great tie bean answers. They don't have to be your answers. But I want to show you something that after 43 years and God taking a selfish person and changing his heart, taking a self-centered, greedy person and changing his heart, this is what I would think would be two good things to want for Christmas. Here's the first. I want to do more with what you've given me, Lord. Father, my whole life has been a I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want life. And I finally just want to stop and realize that I have been given so much. And I'm going to seriously ask you with all of my heart, how does it work? What do I do with what you've given me? My boys, we, 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 have, a, we have a new truck. And this really, truck's really cool. But we've owned it now for about a month. And there keeps being things about it that this truck does that we didn't know that it did. Uh, if I love to read owner's manuals, I'd probably figure everything out by now. But you might as well just pull all my teeth out 
than read an owner manual, right? So the other day, I'm trying to get in the, in the, in the back, the uh, tailgate. And the tailgate won't open. And one of the boys says, you have to unlock the truck to open the tailgate. No joke, you've got to unlock the truck to open the tailgate. Wish I'd have known that a month ago, but that is so cool. <laughs> the other day, we're driving down the road, and Brady and Hudson are in the back seat. And we're driving down the road, and I go, boy, I wish you boys had butt warmers like we got butt warmers. And they go, Dad, we do. And I didn't know the back seat had butt warmers. <laughs> My gosh. And it's just like this over and over. Do y'all realize that God has given you things you don't even know what they're fully capable of yet? You have got things in your garage and you have got things in your closet and you have got things in your heart that you thought it was for this, but you haven't sat down and asked him why he gave it to you and if you would sit down and ask him why he gave it to you, you would see that it does more than you think it does. There's more to the passions that you have that God keeps blessing. Isn't it amazing how shotgun shells keep showing up in your closet? And God keeps saying, I put that passion there, but you think it's to hunt birds, and I'm telling you it's to build relationships. There's more to your hobby than you going out and you getting to do it. There's more to your business than you making money. You haven't sat down and asked God, why have you given me this? I want to do more with what you've given me. In the first service, I brought up Heather and I explained. Every one of us has sat back and said, God, I want to be married. God, send me the best. God, send me your perfect one. God, give me, send her this way. Send, her, send him this way. And, and here's this moment of praying to be married. And now that you're married, you look at God and go, I don't know what to do. I don't know, what do we do now? And all the things that you thought you were going to do, you've got to do, but now you sit back and you go, there's got to be more. And I'm going to tell you that many of you are married, but you don't know the potential of the gift you've been given until you start asking God, how does this work? See? A great question. God, don't give me more. Just show me what to do with what you've given me. Many of you look at the things that you've got and you think it has no significance. But see, the Bible tells us something completely different. They didn't recognize Jesus because he was so small and they came in the form of a baby and they missed him. But this has been the tradition of men over and over again and God coming back to men and going, don't look, don't overlook small things in Zechariah 4.1, just the beginning. This is just to go home and study, Zechariah 4.1. For who has despised, who has ever hated the day of small things, small beginnings. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he's saying, God is at work, and you think it's small, but you've only been able to see it for what you see. And not what God sees. There's so much more to your life. And you think it's small. In Luke chapter 16 verse 1, look what it says when you start being faithful with the little things. He who is faithful with what is least is, faith, is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Saying, do not overmiss something that you think is small, but God put in your life. And when you begin to ask for not for more, but for instruction, 
you see that the miracle could possibly already be in your house. But you just keep missing it. Do you realize that the miracle is already in your home? The miracle's sitting in your living room right now. The miracle's sitting in your truck. The miracle's on you right now. But you don't think much of it because it seems so small. And now you know what Christmas was like for John and why he wrote about it. That in the beginning was the Word, and the world missed it, and his own missed it. All because of a little greed in their heart where they wanted more, but it wasn't the more they were looking for. But it was the more that God wanted them to give. And part of the reason they missed it, because it seemed so small, but in the whole end, it was the greatest gift ever given. If I was approached by God, what do I want for Christmas? Here'd be my number two. I want you more than I have before. I want you more. And that's what Heather was saying last night uh, in, for the girls. Whenever she turned to the ladies and said, it's okay to ask for more. Heather is a very giving, generous person. And when she turns and she says, I want you to have more, or she turns to God and says, I want more. We're past the more in our life. And what she's really saying is, I need your presence. I need your instruction. I need your direction. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Jump down to verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which had been seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young Christ with Mary, his mother. And these great kings fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. An amazing fact about a lot of us is that more becomes overrated when he becomes everything to us. More becomes so overrated when he becomes more in our life. So yesterday, let me tell you how my last couple of weeks went. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. This weekend, uh, uh, I had, had, went to Sanderson, Texas to go deer hunting. But on the way to Sanderson, got a phone call that we had had a death in the church and the funeral was going to be in Moriarty, New Mexico. And that's just a part of it. You got you to suck it up, buttercup, and you got you to be there for people. And they said, just go deer hunting and we'll meet you in Moriarty. And so I, I went to Sanderson and went deer hunting and then raced to Moriarty, got to Moriarty, snow, 70, 80, 170 mile per hour winds <laughs> blowing me all over the place, get up there, wake up 9 o'clock in the morning, do the funeral, um, and then now I've got to drive from Moriarty to Carlsbad to do the family Christmas that I didn't get excused from. Y'all got parents like that too? That's good. Keep driving. You're going to be here soon. Yeah, we're not taking no for an answer. You're going to be in our house. Like, 
I will be. And so, and so I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm getting at the last end of the drive, okay? And now the wind's blowing me, and I leave Klein's Corners, and I've got the drive from Carlsbad to Klein's Corners. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I hear anybody just share me some sympathy here, okay? And so I get down close to Vaughn, and my attitude starts shifting. Has anyone's Christmas attitude started shifting with the help of Vaughn? <laughs> yes? Okay, come on. Here we go. You see? And I'm driving, and I'm realizing, I'm, you know what? Christmas doesn't mean that Ty needs to get more. More of what he wants. More of his time. This isn't about me. Christmas is about, God, what do you want? And so I pulled into Vaughn. And I went inside. And I bought every sombrero they had. <laughs> yep. And then they've got the sriracha. Is it the sriracha's or the what's, the, what's the Clint Eastwood deal? He pulls over his head and it falls down the front. Serapi, there you go. That's what I'm talking about, Serapi. And, and so I bought every Serapi they had. You know why? Because I've got some cool nephews and nieces I'm fixing to see. And Uncle Ty needs to show up in a better attitude. And so I'm, here I am, and I pull off all the Serapis, and I grab every, every uh, sombrero that's going to fit nieces and nephews, and the line's long, but that's okay. And I'm standing, look at your pastor standing in the Vaughn line with Serapis and sombreros. And I'm, here I am. And, and as I stood there, as I stood there, people are laughing. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and one guy goes, one guy goes, man, I wish I was going to your Christmas party. And I thought, I didn't feel that way a minute ago. But wouldn't you want to come to my Christmas party? We got serapis and sombreros. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I share with one guy. This is for my nieces and nephews. And, and, and he looks at me and goes, you're a cool uncle. Yes, I am. I am a cool uncle. That's right. And you know what? With just serapis and sombreros, my attitude changed. Uh, slated it up on the, on the counter. She charged me $100. In which my wife would freak. So don't tell Heather, okay? But here's my thing, and it's, it's so real in me. Which one is more important to Ty Bean? The $100 or the shift of my attitude? And so I get to the house, okay? And Uncle Ty, and they come in, Uncle Ty! And I've got sombreros hidden and sroppies hidden. I go, okay, okay, everybody ready? Okay, here we go. It's truck, stop, it's truck stop Christmas time, okay? Here we go. And, and I set my niece right there, and I pulled her sombrero out, and I put it on her head, and my little niece gets her sombrero, and no joke, this is what she did. <laughs> just like that. And for just about five minutes, we had truck stop Christmas, and it was fun, and it was memorable. And you have a choice to stay where you're at or to shift your attitude, God, you don't need more. You don't need more of your time. You don't need more of your, me, it. You need more of what God wants to give you. In Luke chapter 3, verse 7, 37. Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7 verse 37. They're going to put verse 44 up on the screen when I get to it here in a minute. But I'm going to start in verse 37. We're going to shut this down. This is the story of a woman who when Jesus started touching her heart, 
began to freely give. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. And he answered, uh, and Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender who had two debtors, one owned 500 denarii, and the other owned 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, well, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. Verse 44. Then, turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil. But she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And every time that more became overrated, because he became everything, it changed people's attitude, it changed their hearts, changed their demeanor, it changed their generosity, it changed everything. And I think it's a lesson for everyone in this room. You don't need more. You need to make him your everything. And then you'll see the true power of the gift of Jesus, which we call Christmas. We are going to close. This is the last service that we get to spend together this year. And now we're going to celebrate the gift of giving as we all join in this last and final offering of the year we call the Limitless Campaign. There are many people, Heather and I, we uh, took our remaining pledge that we have, a small amount, and we divided it by four. And just so that we could lead the way in our church, uh, we broke this giving down into four separate envelopes just so that we could be a part of each service's giving. And 
we are fulfilling our pledge that we made back in February of this year. There are those that you didn't even make a pledge card. That's okay. But you have been prepared and primed and we've talked to you about being a part of this generous giving moment. And this is a moment to where we turn to God and say, thank you. We know where this came from. We know where it's going. We want to see the kingdom expand. We have been praying for this moment, believing for this moment. And if more is the key, we've missed it. But when he becomes everything, then you know what this offering is going to be used for. So that he can be glorified. So that he can be lifted up. So that more can hear his story. So that more can have a relationship with him. Not with the church. We're not trying to have a relationship with the church. More of a relationship with our Father in heaven. Yeah. So if you would, let's stand to our feet. I asked the worship team to sing an old faithful. And during this time of singing, we are going at, at whenever you feel like it. Come with your spouse. Come by yourself. And in this moment of singing, we are going to celebrate in this joyous time of giving. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Receive this offering for your glory, for your kingdom, to do with it what it is you want to do. Father, we love you. We thank you for a great year. Now, Lord, we turn to you and we're ready to start a new one. Receive this offering In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye, oh, come, ye to There's a praise offering. Let him 
become your everything. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. God bless you guys. And have a great week in the Lord. It's time to go love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. Don't forget Friday, the big Christmas Eve Eve celebration at Tidings Auditorium. The prayer team is going to be over here, and they'd love to pray with you guys if there's anything you need to pray about. God bless you guys. Have a great week in the Lord. See you later.